Recording from Title One Studio in Sandy, Utah. Welcome to another episode of Idiot to Genius. I'm Steph Scholl. And I'm Todd Porter. Each episode focuses on individuals that found themselves desiring more. If you're feeling like an idiot, join the club. Make sure to subscribe so you can hear examples of how common everyday people utilize their individual right to life, liberty, and property to break out of mediocrity and to prosper. Here we are with Ben and Christine Moa. Their story is just, when I met them, it was very brief. From my standpoint of view, I just knew there was some depth there. There's something I've got to get them onto a podcast. The process that they've gone through together is Ben's gone from being a banger to an addict, to pro football, then back to addict. And then now he's into entrepreneur, investor, and really living an incredible life. But let's get started here from the very beginning, Christina. You've been through the majority of this process with him. You've mm-hmm. stuck by his side, you've been with him. And I, yeah. when you're dealing with those kind of things, it has gotta be rocky. Yeah. It has gotta be challenging. It yeah. has gotta be difficult. Can you help us understand how did you guys meet? How did you come together? What was that journey been like? Yeah, we want the love story. The love story. Oh (laughs) gosh, it was a quick love story. (laughs) So I ended up going to the University of Utah in January of 2009. Oh no. 2000. 2000. Yes, January of 2000. Um, Ben had already been at the U. He was there playing football on a scholarship. And we met and... Let's just say seven months later, we were married. Wow. Yeah, just like that. And I'm from Northern California, and he was from Southern California. Obviously, during this dating process, we're getting to know each other. He mentions to me, like, I I was in a gang when I was younger. And I was thinking in my mind, football players that get scholarships, they're not gang members. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, that was a naive assumption of in my 18-year-old mind. Right. So we get married in California, where I'm from, and we're also pregnant at the time. I am pregnant with our first child. And this was in July. And then we come back to Utah in August because he starts a fall camp for the at the U. And he gets invited to one of his cousin's weddings. And I am super excited to attend a wedding because I've never been to a Polynesian wedding. And after we were there, I didn't want to go. He didn't. Ben didn't want to go to this wedding, and it's in West Jordan. And my mom happens to be in town, and my sister happens to be in town. And there's just this weird connection that because I had an older brother that played football, also at, he played at BYU, BYU. Oh. and he was playing. He was in Miami in the NFL, and there was this weird connection that my during this time my brother knew this Polynesian family down in Miami, and my mom knew them. So at this wedding, it was. They knew some of the people there. So my mom didn't want to leave this wedding. We didn't want to go. We ended up going. My mom didn't want to leave. She's having this great time. But I have this strong impression that I need to leave. I need to go. And I've never felt something like that before. And so for anybody religious, it was definitely like the Holy Ghost speaking to me. If you're not religious, then I guess you would just say it was. Conscious. Yeah, you're conscious. (laughs) Um, I knew what it was. And so I go to this wedding and I go find Ben and I tell Ben, we need to leave. And he looks at me and says, I'm not leaving with you. And I'm like, what? What is this? <laughs> What's happening here? He's like, I'm not leaving my, these are his cousins, but he calls them his brothers. I'm not right. leaving my brothers. Basically, who's my gang? It was his, yeah. And 
this is during the time when the Olympics are doing construction. So like for the Olympics, there's a lot of construction happening in Salt Lake. So the freeways are closed in the evening. And so we have to drive home on State Street. And I get my mom and my sister to finally leave. And we're heading out down State Street. And all of a sudden, all of these amb ambulance cops, everybody's flying down State Street past us. And immediately my mom's like, we need to say a prayer. And I'm like, okay. And we pray and we get back to my apartment. And about 30 minutes later, we get a call from Ben's mom telling us that we need to get to the LDS hospital up in the avenues because Ben's been life flighted because he's been shot. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been pissed if I was that bride. <laughs> Thank you. I, that's what I thought and too. We, we see them all the time. It's so and I, we, and we did. Paul, I like. Anyways, we, we saw them a couple years ago, and I'm like. I've been wanting to tell you, but we're so sorry. And the Polynesian in both of them yeah. are like. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, of course. Fine. Of course. We're so happy still. We're still like, everything's fine. And I'm like, oh, it makes for a good story now. I but. guess so. <laughs> yeah. But they're so kind and yeah. forgiving and did not even think mm -hmm. anything about that. Shout out to my cousin Viliata. Yes. <laughs> and his wife. My, my wife's Polynesian. And so the Polynesian oh, family, yeah, the Polynesian family, the Polynesian side of this whole thing yes. is exactly that. Nobody died. That's what the line always says. Nobody died. It's okay. Nobody died. <laughs> yeah, we moved on. Yes. Yeah, so, gosh. But so we make it up to LDS Hospital. We get into the ER. Yes. Speaking of the wedding, all I know is that I left, thankfully, because if I didn't leave with my mom and my sister, they locked that wedding down. The uh -huh. cops came. And they didn't let anybody out. They let Ben's mom out. They life flooded him. It was like. A and you're pregnant at this I'm time. I'm pregnant. Oh, yes. my gosh. So the bullet goes in, hits me in the lung, collapses my lung on the. Right side. So I only have half a lung on this side. So what? he's all, yeah, so this all happened stick, outside. Then, then they stick a bunch of chest tubes in my chest. Oh my oh, gosh. Wow. I was drowning as I, I went up in the helicopter. So they stick them in there. So then I think they shoot me with this thing and kind of they paralyze you, but they got to keep you conscious. So then I'm thinking, oh my gosh, they don't know I'm awake. And then they're slitting my ribs open and sticking the tube in there. But I, I later found out that they have to do that. Oh to my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Just paralyze you. So it's a crazy situation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just, a, just, just, a just a little bit. Just a little. But anyways, we get to the hospital. We get the, they don't know what's happening. They keep the bullet in him. They don't want to remove it. Two days later, it's he's. My, it's lodged in my butt. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's still happy though. It's like good. It's the culture. So, They're just yeah. like, so yeah. then three days after that, they re I, re say, get released. I don't want to be here. So they yeah. released me. And then I went back to practice. And he's like, hey, what? I know. He's like, hey, I'm going to um, go up to practice. I'm just going to go watch. And, I'm yeah. like, and then I see a news clip, a news article, a picture. No, and he's, it's all, he's throwing to the me ball and back and, and forth. throwing the ball to me and I'm catching it. So when I go up to catch the ball, it rips, it his rips stitches. my oh stitches my in my lung open. And then I start drowning again. <laughs> so we have to go back to the hospital. Anyways, they remove the bullet. They save his life again. And <laughs> so I was almost. So we're moving on, right? I was right. like, okay. Almost died twice. Yeah. But so t like about a month goes on, goes past. And he is up at the U, like attending the practices. Obviously, they're going to medical redshirt him because of his situation. But he comes home one day and he's, he's actually he's crying. He comes home crying. And I've never seen Ben cry, even to this day. It's very rare. But he comes home crying. He's, I just got kicked off the football team at the U. 
I got caught stealing from one of my teammates in the locker room. Yeah, he stole a couple hundred dollars. And Coach Mack, that's one of his rules. Can't You don't do that to your teammates. And so he gets kicked off the football team. He takes the money to go pay him back. And I'm waiting at home and he never comes back. He goes and pays his, pays his, the money that he took from his friend. And then he heads down to the other side of Salt Lake and decides that he wants to revert back to what he knew, I guess, in his. So, yeah, as she's talking about this, I'm, I'm, so I'm removed from Decker Lake, which is DT. I'm not Decker Lake, Mill Creek Youth Center. I just actually spoke to you. Mill Creek Youth Center. Last week. Last week. Oh, yeah. oh cool. That was awesome. It's cool. Yeah. So I'm still, I still have these bad habits that uh-huh. I've Surprise. shut off. Yeah. I haven't really dealt with them. Uh-huh. You know, therapy. So yeah. I just have these bad habits and they keep surfacing, surfacing, uh-huh. stealing, doing sneaky stuff, just stuff like that. And they keep surfacing and probably nobody's fault but mine, but I don't know why I'm doing it, but I'm just doing them. I guess they're just my habits. So then I'm stealing. Being sneaky, stealing, cheating, lying, doing all that stuff. And then it catches up with me. And then it catches up with me again. So then it just keeps getting me in these bad situations. And then I got kicked off the team. So my mind just, I just shut off. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going back to my Football game. Thought, so yeah. I don't, so I just turned off everything, turned off my wife. I was just like, I'm going to go back and gangbang and do drugs. And So having been there, where, where you're talking about right there, if you could just summarize that moment. Because there's so many of our youth, there's so many people out there that are in that spot. The suicide rate right now is so high because they think it's over. They've screwed up to the point that there's no return, whatever that is. My life is not worth it. Yeah. My best advice to them would be, if you find yourself in a hole, stop digging. Just stop digging. Wherever you're at, just stop and then just start climbing. you got to just stop. Just stop. Call it whatever it was. Call it what it is. Call it what it is. If you were a thief, just say I was a thief and I'm not going to do that anymore. The way I got rid of addiction is I made a, so I was, you am I skipping? Jump? You no, jump I'm not jumping. Far? I'm not jumping. Okay. <laughs> I was going to jump. I was going to jump. And then we were going to go back. Um, it's okay. We can go back. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But so, uh, listen, I have to jump. Just okay, jump. Good, just good, yeah. okay, so the way I got... So I went through rehab and all this stuff, and I still couldn't figure out how to stop these cravings that I have. For people that have been addicted, some people that are listening will know what I'm talking about. There's this, like, urge or this, like, feeling, like, that you cannot resist. It's weird. It's like the drug addiction, if it's meth, if it's heroin, whatever it is, there's this urge in your body that you can't. It's like you're literally powerless against it. It's an urge, and it's a, and as soon as you hit whatever you're doing or take the drug, then it's like you got it, and then it goes away. Then you're, then the cravings there again. It's so powerful. So I made a deal with God. My one one of my times out of jail, my last time out of jail, I made a deal with God. I said if I told God because I was reading scriptures in in when I was locked up, and it said God will only give you enough stuff that you can handle. And then I told him I can't handle that. I can't handle drugs and I can't handle the feeling. So I made a pact with God that if you take this craving away from me, and I promise to do all the work, but you just got to take these cravings. And it was a couple of cravings. It was like, it was drugs and it was some other stuff. But I asked him, if you take that craving away from me, then I promise you I'll put the work in and do everything 
that you're asking me to do. So then he took that craving from me. I prayed and I prayed and he took the craving from me and I've never had that craving ever since. And that was been 10 years, 10 years. And I haven't had that craving and it's been so powerful for me. And I haven't went, I've never done drugs again. I've went to so much rehab. People are saying, oh, you're going to have to do so much rehab and 12 steps. But I'm not saying that's going to work for everybody, but I fully committed to the Lord that if you just take that craving from me, then I promise you I'll put the work in. And then after that, like the blessings that have been poured on my head are just crazy because I've kept my end of the deal and he's keeping his. That I just, and oh, I was going to jump. <laughs> Because I, okay, I'll just jump one time. Okay, so, so when I'm walking out of this thing, out of this jail, right? I've had, now I have, now I'm an adult and now I have 10 felonies. Drug distribution, guns. I had, so I have. A rap sheet. Yeah, it's it, not as an adult. So now I'm like, like I went, I'm going to have to work for construction on the end of a shovel. You did. And I did. And I did. I was and like, and I told him, his- I'll put the work in, but. This is not my life. This is not what I want to do. I don't want to work for somebody. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to do. But things. he thought that there was like a ceiling, like you've talked about before. Like that. there was that a was floor, it. and then there was a ceiling. And I don't. I don't want a ceiling. I want to be. A, I want to fly, and I don't want. I don't want limit. Like I, I'm in a group called Limitless Society, and I believe with Keaton, and I oh, believe it. Keaton's awesome. Yeah, but it took like little steps, so he had to be okay with first. I'm gonna. I'm. He made his own deal with which that was his thing, but he was willing to put the work in, which that meant he was getting up at 4.30 in the morning and going to do construction and, and working until the time it was, until he got off. And then our oldest son was actually preparing to go on an LDS mission, and he was reading a book, and he wanted his dad to read this book. And well, The Secret. The Secret. Yeah, it was called The Secret. And that spun me into Rich as, Dad Poor Dad. He was driving a truck and... Doing construction and thinking like, okay, this is what life is going to be. But then he took the ceiling off and realized that he's limitless. Yeah. yeah. Took the floor out. For the floor, the floor out floor. first. Then, then removes the yeah. ceiling simultaneously, man. They both got to go. Yeah. Floor goes and ceiling goes. Yeah. And, and, but awesome. we jumped 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to jump back 10 okay. years. Okay. Awesome. Uh-huh. Uh, Christina, from your perspective, I mean, he's been shot. Mm. He still has his gang affiliation. You have a new baby. Yeah, not yet, but it was getting. You were pregnant. There, yeah. yeah, you were yeah. pregnant. Okay, I'll he's let you, gone. I'll let yeah, he's go gone now. That night, like, like, are you thinking, okay, peace? Yeah. I, so he, he leaves. I can't find him. This is again when cell phones are like. A, now regular people can get cell phones. So we don't we don't even have a cell phone. I'm trying to get a hold of them, and uh, but then my parents decide, okay. This is enough. We're coming to get you. So they come to Utah. They pick me up. They move me back to California. And I'm like, okay, this is just going to be how life will be for me. But then about a week later, he calls me. He's like, yeah, I don't want to live like the way my cousins and brothers are living. I want to do something different. So I want to come to California. And I was like, okay. And so he came to California and he, my dad had a business at the time and he was working for my dad and he thought that's what life was going to be for him. Like he said, I think I could work for your dad. I like dad. working for a dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he liked working for my dad. And my and he had a really good relationship with both of my brothers, my whole family, but really my brothers. And and one day, I think we were just talking, and I'm like, hey, why don't you go to the junior college and see about playing football? And he's, okay. And we go to the junior college, and we, the coach, we walk in, and the coach says to him, I've been waiting for you. Your coach is from the U. 
said that you were living in Modesto and we, and that's where I'm from in California. And we've been waiting for you. Wow. And it was like this, one of the many tender mercies that we've had, but see, I'll cry. It's good. (laughs) But um, yeah, that was like one of the, something that was so amazing for him and to see that there was so still people pulling for you, like Mm -hmm. knowing that you can do something great with your life. And he played football there at the junior college and he had a great season. Got they went to American. the uh, All-American. He went to the graffiti bowl. Won it. <laughs> and they won it. And we had my son. We changed our last name. Our last name. We were going to go to USC. We were yeah, gonna he go was getting recruited by many col- different colleges. And then Coach Mack from the U comes to our On house. On the last day of recruiting. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we. Flies into our house. Yeah. To her parents' house. And we've been praying and making some real big spiritual changes. And then Coach Matt comes into the house and Ben immediately is like, we're going back to the U. And I'm like, we are not going back to Utah. I hate Utah. All of Utah to me was just these bad memories now. But that's not what was in the plan. And so we came back to Utah. We prayed and we decided Mm -hmm. we need to go back. and I, I, I need to fix my name. We changed my last name from Allison to Moa. Which who's is, my grandfather. My grandfather was very influential in the Tongan community. He was responsible for bringing a bunch of the Tongans in Utah it, over from Tonga. Oh, cool. So he served like an eight-year mission. He's, mm-hmm. he's just a, and, and I wanted his name to be better. So we switched our last name to Moa because they don't have, because he had all daughters on my, on my grandma's side. So all daughters, so no boys. Yeah. So we came back here and it was an amazing experience for two years. We lived here and it was so fun. We we had our son and watching Ben play he was so happy. And But then it was time to leave college and go to the NFL. And so he was had the opportunity to sign with the Dolphins out of college. And that was a good experience. And he we, he played a couple years in NFL Europe. I don't even know if they still have that. But they that's don't. They don't have that anymore. <laughs> that they would send players in the off season to right. go get like more experience, yeah. kind of thing. So we, um, I mean, he got hurt. He tore his Achilles tendon. But so it was about like four to five years of this trying to figure out where he Dolphins, fits in. Jets. And if we went to Vegas in the Arena League, but then when football was over, that's another struggle that we started to right. have, or he started to have. So they didn't know how to make the transition into the real world. Mm-hmm. Also, play at that level. I don't know if it's even possible to not define yourself by what you're doing, yeah. Yeah. not define yourself as the pro athlete. It's why you wake up in the morning. It's why you work mm-hmm. out the way you do. It's why you yeah. keep your body in such tip top shape is because you've defined yourself as such. All of a sudden that being for whatever reason, I don't care what the reason is. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, whether you choose to or not, that defining moment is jerked out from underneath of you. That has to throw you for a loop. Throw me back to, my, you know, what I resorted to when, like, when, when football was when taken football away was taken from me. Yeah. It was the <laughs> same thing. And I didn't know how, how to deal with it. So then what did I do? I went back to my gang life, selling mm. drugs and doing drugs, but now at a heightened level, because now I'm like, okay, you guys have got all this drugs. Let's organize it. Let's, <laughs> let's organize it and create a big thing where we can get entrepreneur yeah. spirit. Come so on. Like, the drug exactly world. what I did. I say, okay, we have all these pounds of meth. Let's, make this and then we'll be like Costco where we'll only sell pounds and not little drugs. Does that make sense guys? And then it's, I'm thinking this, but it's unlogical because I'm doing the drugs as well. 
So it's just, it ends up, you're spinning your wheels and you end up going to crash into something. Christina, did you know that he was being this? So this was like the weirdest thing is like, he started to act different. different. And I couldn't figure out in my mind at this time, I think we may have had three children, three, we have three boys and then my nephew stays with us too. So we have the four boys. My, my parents have now moved to Utah. And so I, it's a total, was totally a blessing that they were here with me, but I'm like, Ben's been acting like really weird and I can't figure out. It's been like, yeah, like maybe six months and I still, he's trying to figure out like he's becomes this and that with his job now that football's over and just can't figure out what his thing is going to be yet, what his career will be. But anyway, so I'm driving one day and I'm like, oh my gosh, is Ben using drugs? I don't even know why it came to me, but it came to me. And it was pretty obvious. Yeah. But she just, she didn't think of it. Yeah. Anyways, we get, I give him an ultimatum the next, probably the next week. Like you got to either go to rehab or get out. So he goes to rehab. He goes to rehab for three months. And during that three months, I think he's working on himself and he's just manipulating the center. The whole center. Yeah. So now I'm just master manipulating the whole center. Yeah. So he's not doing anything that he was supposed to be doing up there. And then he gets kicked out because I guess they probably end up figuring it out. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, hey, you can't come home. Like, you're. And now during this time, we also have another child. So now we have our daughter and she's such a blessing to both of us. But can we back up for one yeah. second? Mm-hmm. You didn't let him come home. No. We live in a society right now yeah. where we empower weakness, mm. where we. There's a race to the bottom and we don't allow people to have their garbage remain their garbage. Yeah. And that's what you did right there. Mm-hmm. That is some huge strength for you to say, no, you're not coming home. Yeah. Yeah. That is huge strength where you left his crap with him. Yeah. That's your crap. You yeah. keep your crap, your crap. Yeah. Does that that's make exactly sense? what she yeah. told me. She said, I'm not going to carry your baggage anymore. Yeah. I'm not going to carry this with my heart anymore. Yeah. Wow. That's power. Yeah. Yeah, it was extremely. That was it was hard because my two oldest boys, they remember even now, right? Yeah, they were in the thick of it because they were in an age where they they knew what was happening, but they weren't quite old enough to stand up to him, Hmm. and and they have been so good and so supportive. And but it's also because Ben's been so honest with them that they can speak freely to him. I don't show. I don't like. I'm an open book. You ask me a question, I'm answering it. I don't care to be embarrassed. I don't care. Because I think if people know the truth, then they could work on themselves. Or I don't want to be tiptoeing around and answer. I'm just going to, whatever mm-hmm. the question is, I just answer it. I don't really care. Yeah. I don't care to be embarrassed. Yeah. I don't care. I just want to know. If they like me, cool. If they don't, I'm cool. Either way, I'll be yeah. happy with who mm-hmm. we are. But I need, for myself, I need to be honest because I used to be a liar. Mm-hmm. So for myself, I need to be brutally honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be a liar. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So during that time, he's in Salt Lake and just living what, however he wants to live. And it becomes the summer now. So this was probably like in December when he's got, when he's kicked out of rehab and I tell him not to come home. And now it's the summer because it's actually my birthday. And I'm in California with my family and he calls me on a collect call from jail. And I answer it and I'm like, oh my gosh, another call. And it goes the recording and I'm by my sisters and my sister's my whole family loves Ben and they're, my parents are literally the best. My, my siblings are the best. 
he calls me and my sister's answer it. And I'm like, no, I'm not answering it. And she's like, come on, we, it's okay. I'm like, oh my gosh. So we answer it and he's telling me his story. And I'm like, Ben, and this is a time, I think you mentioned this before we started talking, but this was like a time where I'm like, I need to take a step in the dark. This really has to be it. I said, Ben, don't call me ever again. Me and the kids are moving on. And that's that was what it. I needed. That's what yeah. I made the deal with God. That's what I needed. I was like, I'm not, like, I need Christine in my life. She's mm-hmm. my eternal companion. I need her in my life. And I need to figure out all these things that keep pulling me down. And I knew what it was. Now I know what it was. The adversary just tricking me into thinking that was going to make me happy. And, and, he and had I was a lot, selfish. Yeah, but he, and this is, like, not an excuse, but he had a lot of things that he needed to deal with from also his childhood. Yeah. That he needed to forgive and he needed to... Like kind of I like confront. Call, I need to yeah. call it what it was because yeah. I was just avoiding it. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of crazy stuff happened to me when I was a kid. But yeah, and it was so just like, he, oh, I think that was okay because I'm a boy and she was a girl, type yeah. of stuff. And I was younger, but she was really older, so maybe I was okay with it. No, but it really messed me up. But I just needed to call it what it was and tell my wife what it was. Yeah, and so yeah, this had, is what's my, in my head, and now I can just move on. I called mm-hmm. it what it was, and yeah. A lot of forgiving. He had to forgive himself and forgive other people. And I think that was also another change in his life that he had to do. But when she did that to me and said, don't come back, don't, I don't. Like, really, I'm done. I'm done. I believed her. Before she used to say it, I knew I would just find my way back. But when she told me that, I believed her. And I knew that was my bottom. That was it. That's the, the, now the, now the thing has been pulled. So now I'm not going to. I'm going to stop digging. Did you believe you? Yeah. When you said at that moment, you were Mm -hmm. totally serious. Yeah, I did believe me. I think before it was, I don't know. Can I really do this by myself? I have four kids and how am I supposed to take care of them? I have this, my family of this support around me, which I had that, but it was more of myself like. But when she was telling me this before she did all this stuff and all this stuff was happening to her and I left her and I'm selling drugs and doing all this stuff. She went back to school. And she got her, she became a pharmacy tech. Mm. And she went and got a trade and she got cleared. She went to her training and she became a pharmacy tech and got certified and she was ready to work. So she didn't just take a jump. She didn't just say, I'm done with you. And she got everything as I'm doing all this dumb stuff and she doesn't know why she's doing it. She's strong enough to say, I got to take care of my kids. So I have to, she was a substitute teacher at the time too. And she went and got a pharmacy tech, and she became a pharmacy tech. Wow. That's not an easy path either. (laughs) No. Yeah, I think that I knew I needed to do something for my kids. I knew I needed to take care of them. And so I was like, what can I do in the short amount of time until I can get on to the next thing? Um, I went and just, I went back to the, and got a trade and yeah, and Iria. And so... Anyways, back to the story when the way you started. you two look at each other. Yeah. <laughs> the pride. Yeah. You, you, you guys have been through a lot. Yeah. And saw something you've come out of it. Yeah. The way you have. But keep going. So, so oh, you went back yeah, to Yeah. So show. then, during, so the kind of going back to where he started was, this is where he's having this moment with God about, I need to get this craving away from me. And I have now moved on, really. Like, I was ready. And I... I finished school, like he said, and I passed my state test. And then he makes his way home to Ogden. He comes and I think he like 
Actually, this is really weird because sometimes he tells me something and I'm like, are you being serious? But he told me that he hitchhiked his way home by somebody. And not too long ago, we were at the store and he's, that's, that's the, the guy, guy that, that gave you a ride back to Ogden. And he and the came. guy was like, hey man, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And, and then it was I was like, funny. oh my was, gosh. We were, at, we were at Ross. <laughs> we had, I think so. He's like, hey man, you did it. Like, yeah, thanks man, we did back it. with my family, I'm good. Yeah. But, um, so even during this time now, Ben comes home and I was like this whole transition of, do we believe him? Is he not really? And he never did. He stayed home. He stayed sober. He, he had to go serve his time in jail during this time. Also he had to now, cause he had gotten in trouble. So he had to now go serve his time. It was about, I think six months you had to go serve at county jail. Six or seven months. Yeah. So. Some, I think he got out early but don't let me um, out early you shouldn't be here yeah but even during that time he stayed on the path that he told me that he was going to and when he got out he thought like we said now going back like he had this roof and the ceiling like i can only do this because i have all of these adult charges but then when he removed the floor and the ceiling and realized that i can do anything then that's where Kind of we are. And then about four years out of this time, he just wanted to go, or maybe two years, he wanted to become a, he wanted to start fighting. Those get big. Yeah. yeah. He was like, I want to get into shape. Like, I really want to do something. And I was and like, then, go then, ahead. Then they offered me some fights. And I was like, I just wanted to train. But then they were like, you want to fight? And I was like, sure. When you said getting big, it's part of the like, Polynesian, man. 295. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, big. Exactly. So I was like, exactly. I don't want to be fat. <laughs> So then I was like, well, I got to go do something. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to train. So then my coach was like, okay, you're good, dude. You're really good. And I was like, but I'm 36 years old. 34. 34 years old. Yeah. I'm not. So just fight amateur. So then I, he let me fight amateur. And then I beat everybody in Utah. Let me, let me talk about this for a second. Okay. When he decided to get into the cage, I thought it was like crazy. But when I saw him walk into the cage for the first time. And I knew, obviously, I'd been through everything with him. And he was in there, and he was sober, and he was so happy. I was like, why am I scared? Like, I can't be scared for him because there's a ref. He's in a good, he's in a good space in his life. Like, I probably was one of the most proud moments to see him at that moment, so happy, in the cage, Gonna fight this. She's stranger. never said that. Yeah. And <laughs> this is the first time she said that. I mean, yeah. Very happy. Yeah. When mm. I saw him at that moment, I thought, wow. That's part of, again, something our mm -hmm. society is losing. Mm -hmm. Men are men mm -hmm. to fight. When it comes down to it, we have to have a, and when I say fight, I'm not just talking to each other that way, but we fights. have to have something to fight for. We as men have got to have something to fight for. We have to have something that we're willing to put it all on the line for. And if we don't have that, we're not alive. Yeah. It's part of our, the way we were programmed, yeah. the way we live. We came here to be righteous warriors. And so that's what you witnessed was him yeah. going into the cage, doing literally a fight. Yeah. But anyway. And there were so many people that came out to support oh. him. And so many people that have seen, even from just the distance of his struggles. And they came and they supported him and, and he won, thankfully. But now it's time to be done with fighting for me. We're done. Yeah. So yeah, we, won. We, we won. We won all the amateur belts. Then we went professional. And then we won all the professional belts in Utah. Then we had a shot to go to the big show. And then I, I broke my thumb, same thumb I broke when I went to Bellator. And this kid 
rip my shoulder off the bone. This kid's still undefeated in Bellator. He's awesome. His name is Stephen Mori. He's 6'10", wrestler, jiu-jitsu guy. He's awesome. I think he'll be a champ one day in Bellator. But it was fun, though. But the one thing, the deal that Christina made with me, if I fight, when fighting's taken from you, you can't freak out and resort back to your old thing. That's the deal she made with Mm -hmm. me. Remember what happened with football both times? This cannot happen with fighting. You promise? And I was like, I promise. I know who, she's like, you have to know who you are as a person. So if a sport's taken from you, you still know who you are in your core. And then, so then I was like, okay, I, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. And then I, I know who I am. So then when we stopped fighting, it was, I, she's you're enough. Football doesn't define you. Fighting doesn't define you. And she's like my, she's like my motivational person. So so she's okay. Remember what happened these other times. Don't let fighting when fighting's taken from you because she said you're going to do great in fighting because you do great in everything don't when it's taken from you don't you can't just freak out and go back to what you so what did you do differently i just i I figured out who i was before and i love fighting i would still fight till i'm 50 because like i'm so relaxed in there it's so weird like i'm just when I come out of the fight, when I'm fighting, I'm always dancing. For some reason, I tell myself I'm going to come out mean. I'm going to scare my opponent. So then I come out and then the music's coming. Then I just turn into a, a pole dancer. <laughs> for some it's just weird. I'm just dancing. Like, literally. Yeah, if you want to call it that. I just come out and I'm just doing all kinds of stuff. I'm like, I did not plan that. So I've come out and I was going to look mean, stare at him and go like this. And I knew. It's so weird But I love it So I'm so happy If you watch any of my walk-ins It's For some reason And he can train all he wants I encourage him to train But I I don't want to get in I don't want him to do that Yeah So I'll train I'll keep training And and it's been great But yeah Yeah. That's our story in a nutshell There's some stuff So there's one thing We got uh, So what are you doing now? Oh yeah So you went left fighting My last fight was on January 20th I won But I broke my thumb and my finger so I'm done fighting. So right now, as of right now, I'm building 199 townhomes in Bear Lake. I love street. Bear Lake. Yeah, Where are you building them? Across the street from Ideal Beach. Oh, so nice. With the guy, his name is Nate Perry. He owns that golf yeah, course yeah. and all that land. That's a great location. Yeah. So the nine-hole golf course will... They'll drop it down into that big field, mm-hmm. do another nine, and wrap it back up to the clubhouse. Oh, cool. Our townhomes will be right in that front. That's awesome. Front deal. Big clubhouse. But before that, he became a realtor. That's what before you Before that, I became a real estate yeah. agent. Yeah. Um, so my son, back to that book, my son made me read this book, uh-huh. and it kind of unlocked my mind, mm-hmm. The Secret. I've I've advanced off the law of attraction, mm-hmm. but that got my mind thinking, okay, so you think, you're saying that if I think about this. So I'm in construction, I'm developing, I'm developing land for one of my buddies. Mm-hmm. We're just putting all the underground work in, basically pulling laterals, just doing mm-hmm. stuff. And I'm like, and then I'm reading this book and I'm like, so you mean to tell me I could do this for myself? I don't have to work for somebody? Off of this. So then I'm like, okay. And I was like, I don't think I can, but maybe I can. So then I read that book. Then I read um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Then I'm like, oh yeah, that means I can. So then I just jump. I take the ceiling out. I take the floor out the ceiling and I just jump. Mm-hmm. And now, now we're just fine. But anyways, we're building townhomes. You own a gym? I own a building. It's 18,000 square foot building. With a couple other partners? Yeah. We train about 400 kids out of this place. Yeah. 400. 400 Where's kids. that located it's at? It's in West Haven, Utah. 
Is that oh. for fighting as well? No, oh. it's for speed. So it's for speed and agility, strength and conditioning. Oh, cool. So it could be anything. Nate. Fighting, yes. Yeah. yeah. Baseball, football, soccer. Oh, cool. Just kids even come there to train because they're lacking confidence. Like, uh-huh. yeah. And then the parents, it's really cool to hear these little stories. My son's or my daughter's been coming here and now they have this confidence and thank you so much. And so it's not even, it's focused on sports, but really. But it's really rewarding. Like all the stuff, like all the kids we get to help and all the, Mm -hmm. all the. So my business partner, he was the head strength and conditioning coach at UVU College. And we grew up in Ogden together. And he was just like, there's nothing up north. Let's just start up north. So we started at a park. Seven years ago, mm-hmm. training kids, and now we're cool. at this facility That's awesome. that we own. So it's pretty cool. cool. And isn't that so fascinating about life? Just everything you're talking about is that, again, that fine line, how just even what you're experiencing now, there's just this very fine line, the thread that leads from one thing to another. And the key is to what you're saying is how you define yourself. We so often limit ourselves and to be able to remove that, be willing to remove that floor so that ceiling can be removed so that you really can take it and look look, what you got now as far as working with all those kids in that facility. And you just started at a park, just Mm -hmm. decided we're going to do this. And my wife is a Utah and I'm a varsity sales rep. Yeah, I. She does. So job. during this time, I, I didn't become a farm. I became a pharmacy tech, but I never actually worked because I was still trying to figure <clears throat> out, like, if I am a pharmacy tech, which I went to school for that, how am I going to be home more with the children? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm an. Because you have to be at home. the pharmacy. Yeah. yeah. And then one of my friends happens to tell me from my friend from high school, she's, "Hey, this company I work for is hiring in Utah. You should apply." And it's a sales rep job. They have to have a degree. Yeah. And I didn't have my bachelor's degree, but I, I still applied. And I st- it was truly a blessing that I'm still, I still have the same job. I'm a sales rep. I still cheer uniforms oh, and cool. dancewear to high schools and junior highs in the Northern Utah area. Yeah. There's three wow. reps in Utah and I'm lucky to work with And she was a cheerleader in high school. You see a Yeah. I was, but I really believe like... This job is a huge blessing in my life. I get to work from home. Obviously, I travel to the schools yeah, during yeah. the time I need to. But other than that, it's I work It's only like three months, though. Yeah. It's, this is, my, I think, my ninth year. Cool. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. I want to touch on something that Todd had said. So your, your kids, they're involved in sports, right? Yes. Yeah. So how have you helped instill what you learned about like when you were like, hey, mm-hmm. if you don't have football, if you don't have fighting. Yeah. See, that's like, a fear I still have. Yeah. Me. So like. Yeah. What, but if, if you think about it, if she didn't help me change and then I didn't change, then that would have affected my lineage. My yeah. Would affect them. They wouldn't have wanted to play football. They mm-hmm. wouldn't have been able to get their stuff paid for. They wouldn't have been able to like be in a stable set of mind. But now that they're all three of my boys have football scholarships to cool. college. So it was very important. The stuff that she mm-hmm. helped us do. Yeah, but that is something that I talked to my boys about, uh, is about, like, knowing who they are. Like, what other things define you besides football? Because of any sport, but for them, it's football. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting when we talk to them, even about their college degree that they're going into. Mm-hmm. BYU actually does a really amazing job. Getting, mental health. Yeah, and getting mindset. them out outside of football. Business stuff. Yeah, oh, cool. business stuff. And my, son, my second son that's there now, he... You know, will tell me like, oh, mom, I'm meeting with Can't this to, yeah. this business person and this person. 
And I'm hoping that they... Football's not going to define him. Yeah. I mean, maybe football will take them. I told them, use football as long as you can. Even if it takes you to the NFL and you can use it for so many years, you're still, after football's over, you have to know what you're going to do. I just think that is so valuable because it doesn't matter what it is that you define yourself as. You said, if that's taken away, who are you? And Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like this has been good for me to just think... Okay, who am I if I don't have podcasting? If I don't, it's so important to like know who you are. Yeah, no matter what you're doing, doesn't matter if you're a housewife. Doesn't matter. Like you got to have something that you know who you are Mm because it's. I mean, it's. I think it's so important. Yeah, I think like for me, I've actually been having this really weird thing. Who am I now? My daughter's ten. Who am I? Because here's why she's doing this. Because (laughs) her boys left, broke her heart. My two boys broke her heart. I still cry when they come visit yeah. me today. <laughs> and they leave. Like, like, what are you guys the two so older ones left, <laughs> and we're only 42, right? It was 41. Well, and then now my other boy is going to leave because he's 15, but yeah, and then yeah. my daughter's going to leave. So then she's just panicking. Yeah. yeah. Who, I was like, That's, we're going to be able but to like, travel. I'm yeah. like, even just sitting here and speaking with, uh, with Ben last week at the Mill Creek Youth Center, I'm like, maybe. And I'm trying to like still take these trials as blessings <laughs> but maybe we had to go through, through this so that i can be here and share yeah my experiences maybe this is something that i need to do more of even if we help one person yeah because it sometimes it is a little bit difficult to share the story because we know we're here and we're happy mm-hmm. we're enjoying life together but that's not always the case yeah for every marriage or for anybody's situation and then that- she, she gets into the point where she's like, i don't want to be like Telling everybody how good we're doing because some people are not going to be like everybody's not going to be in yeah. the situation. Yeah, Everyone's just because you're gonna, a husband like, like for me, I don't like, mean that yeah. your marriage. Is I don't like work to. Out. Yeah, I don't like to say. I don't like to tell everybody in the world, "Hey, I made a deal with God and He took everything from me." Because yeah. I don't want to feel like because I see how many people are struggling yeah. with addiction, and I just made it look easy. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't know if they're going to think if I'm lying, but yeah. I just want to just. But I speak free. I don't know. Yeah. But that's why we're here. That's exactly why we're here, though, is we all, everybody has that choice. Everybody Mm -hmm. has the decisions to make. And even if your marriage would not have worked out, even if you would not have gotten your act together and she really would have moved on, she would have had a choice to be happy. Yeah. She yeah. still could have chosen still to be happy. To make the choice. Mm-hmm. She still mm-hmm. would have had the choice to make me happy. And I just want to say, though, you sharing that story was actually really powerful for me today because I just was like, I just haven't been involving God in my life with certain things that I like. I have some big impossible goals. And sometimes I'm like, can I really do that? But you sharing that as I was sitting here, I was like, man, I need to involve God more. And so it was impactful to me. So I do feel like you guys do need to share your story more. And even as you were talking about this is my eternal companion. I need to change my life for her to be a part of it. That's powerful. And I think that like what you're saying, like people don't fight as much for stuff. It's just, oh, that's hard. Or, and I totally get where you're like, you don't want to share because other people have stuff or you're like, well, all, all these people have addiction. But I just think that we're so politically correct. We're so like not involving God. And that's where at first, even in this one, people were talking about God. I was like, I don't know. This is a business podcast because our other ones don't. But now I'm like, no, I love it because yeah, God is the one that yeah. Oh, Creating all this, these blessings for mm-hmm. us. To be straight up, yesterday, just an example. Here I do these podcasts and everything else. Yesterday, I was practicing fetal position yesterday. I just had anxiety so bad and I couldn't even function. 
And my wife's sitting there. I'm walking around the house just pacing. And, and at the end of the day, I went, that's it. I'm done. I don't know if you heard a snap, stop, snap, switch. So I, I usually wear a bracelet and I literally stop, snap the bracelet, switch it over to my other hand and change my thinking. Oh. Last night, I literally went before the Lord and said, no more. I cannot function this way for another day. One day shot, as far as I was concerned, yesterday was just horrible. One day shot, I'm moving on. And, and then all of a sudden, slept great last night, woke up this morning, went, and again, on point, all of a sudden you have to have a fight. Okay, what am I fighting for? And I'm at a point of some choices that I need to make and I, I'm between two things, okay? And I went, so if I choose one, I feel yesterday I felt trapped because mm. neither one of them, it's huge risk. Yeah. I'm in a huge risk situation. Like if I do this, then this is going to happen or it could happen. If I do this, then this could happen. And one that's losing one of my houses. Okay. I'm putting one of my houses on the line. Yeah. Okay. I'm an investor too. So yeah. I got one of my houses. I'm putting one of my houses on the line to, uh, to unload, to liberate a significant amount of money. But there's a BS factor here. Am I going to do it? Am I going to do it? And I just woke up this morning and said to my wife, I said, we're putting it on. And she goes, why? And I said, because if I don't, even if I lose this, I cannot leave this opportunity untapped. Risk it all. Go for it. Just do it. It is interesting because like when you guys are in the process of this 10 years ago mm -hmm. or whatever, yeah. you wouldn't be sharing the same thing. But when you're out of it, it's like you can look back and connect all the dots. Yeah. Yes, it's amazing. Even like after this, we're going to close on a townhome. Uh -huh. that we just bought, we just bought in Provo. Oh, awesome. But Thinking about 10 years ago. Like we, we were living check to check. Like I was working for $14 an hour and I had to try to get to overtime so I could make double, double. that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So then it was like, like, but the check was already spoken for. So now we're just grinding, like yeah, yeah. So trading to be time for like money. Here and doing, going to close yeah. today. I was like, Crazy. 10 years ago, I couldn't even fathom that this yeah. would be yeah. what we're doing. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, those and little dots that we're connecting. Sharing our story sure. three times this month. Yeah. 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 No, that's cool. Remember, that's the first thing I said. I said, you, you have got to come <laughs> and share your story. Because the whole time, I, I was weeping the whole time you guys were talking there at Sweet Old Burrito. I was just like, there is so much depth here, man. We got to get into it. So yeah. I'm so glad you came. Me too. See how organized she is. I come ten years in prime life. Like, you guys are so cute, though. How you're like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go a little bit more. <laughs> just one time. Yeah, okay, just okay, one time. One more okay, time. One more time. One more time. <laughs> 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 but I, she brings she organizes it and then she brings the story full circle and I just I mess it up a little bit but I'm so passionate about it you guys are a good team you're an awesome team powerful team and I also thought that was cool that your coach from the U came back oh he still does he comes to you all know, my coach fights coach Mac he's amazing coach McBride comes to all my really? fights really he still slaps me in the back of the head like I'm a little kid. Yes, he um, still he checks on him. He checks me. Hey, you doing good? Where's Christina? Yeah, where's Christina? He still kisses my mom on the lips, which is super weird. <laughs> mom, stop kissing Coach Michael with damn lips. She's like, what? Is he the coach still? Or no, no, he's like 80. Oh, he's just. I mean, my mom just. So your boys aren't playing against him no. coaching. But he loves my boys. Loves my boys. Like he does these little camps, and my boy, and then he said, "Bring your boys." And whatever Coach Max tells me, to do I do? Doesn't matter where I'm at. That's Come awesome. to my golf course. Come to my golf and uh -huh. donate. And, like, go well, there. and I thought it was 
so powerful that he contacted the yeah. coaches at that junior yeah. college. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought that was really cool. Coach it's, Mack and his wife, Vicky, mm-hmm. have been such a big blessing. And we kind of, kind of skipped over this a little bit, and I feel bad because, like I said, there was a few tender mercies. Coach Mack is one of them, for sure. Huge tender mercies. Um, but when Ben was at Mill Creek Youth Center, when he was 16, he was about to get out, like, you go back to your family. <laughs> there was a counselor in there, a Samoan man. Ben is Tongan, but this man was Samoan. His name is Mace, and he was one of his counselors, and he knew if Ben got out that he would just fall back into what he was doing. So he decided to quit Mill Creek, become a foster parent, and foster Ben into his home. And I, looking back now, I'm like, I can't believe, like, him and his wife brought him in, Ben in, knowing, like, his background and they already had four boys but they were younger yeah and i'm like and i think right now like i don't know if i i'm brave enough to bring a stranger into my home but he believed in ben so much that he brought ben into his home for the last two years of his high school he helped ben stay on track to graduate in athletics he was really the one reason why ben was able to get us you know offered by the university of utah he was also offered by byu but he told ben that's not a good that's not you'll get kicked out you can't go there kicked out (laughs) (laughs) which I mean I don't know but it was obviously meant for us to meet at the U but he also so Ben's business partner Nate he that's actually his uncle and so he Nate was in California and his mom sent him to live with um, his uncle so that's how Ben and Nate met in high school they lived together that's why they call each other brothers so now we're business partners now they're business partners Uncle Mace Uncle Mace's sister sent Nate to him. When he was 16, he was uh-huh. getting in trouble in California. Yeah. I was in Mill Creek. Uncle Mace quit Mill Creek. Mm-hmm. It was a conflict of interest. Took me in. We're both 16. And then they uh, went to Ogden High. We went to and Ogden High School. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, that's why we're that's how I ended up in Ogden. Yeah. And that, so like Uncle Mace <laughs> Uncle Mace was a, a huge tender mercy. Yeah. Over. And his wife to quit his job for me. And to bring yeah. him in. Because oh, he's he seen something life. in me that I didn't even see in myself. That's so cool. Yeah. So that's, that's why we that when we were in the NFL, that's why we went to there. That's why we. That's why we bought a house in Ogden. Yeah. That was a huge. That was a huge part of the story. That's so For, cool. You skipped the. Part I know. I think because we started. I think cause it's we because started. I jumped. It's because I jumped. Are you, are you guys like the house in the neighborhood that all the kids want to come hang out? We live like in an older neighborhood, so I don't know. If I don't know. Yeah, I could all just, the kids are always at our house. I could just see like it's your kids. Because we're, well, yeah. well, yeah, we're the young parents. Well, yeah, and my kids. Yeah, and the kids. They like, they just, our house is always open. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter what you do or who you are. Our house is always open. We'll feed you. We'll do whatever. I love that. But if that. you're disrespecting your parents, well, obviously we have to talk to you. But <laughs> some kids get kicked out and they're like, because they're not listening to their parents. Yeah. And then those people over there kick their kids out, like really. Like, yeah. Know, 16 uh-huh. years old. So then they come to my house and then they think they can just do whatever they want and come home whenever. Yeah. And they get a rude awakening. <laughs> I love that though. It's awesome. These are so cool. When it comes down to it, idiot to genius, Mm -hmm. it is the process by which an individual's right to fail unleashes the unlimited potential to succeed. In summary, it's called freedom. Love it. Yeah. And that's, I think, what we feel. Like we do feel free. I feel free. free. Yeah. We feel free. Yeah. It's awesome. To all our listeners out there, remember you get to choose your title company. So remember, there's a reason why there's a one in our title. <laughs>